you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ, Bucky, Rhett, uh, we are with you following a Monday night game that was interesting. Maybe not pretty, uh, but an interesting game. And uh, I say we don't mess around. We jump right into it because it's time for Monday night recap. Bucky, I will leave you the floor here because there's a lot of different areas we can go uh, on that wild game that saw the Denver Broncos go on the road knockoff the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, let's talk about uh, the elephant in the room. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills and their offense. Just too many turnovers from an offense that has enough weapons and firepower to really be explosive, but you're just seeing too many careless plays, whether it's an early game fumble or the interceptions from Josh Allen. This team is not playing well on offense, and it was really apparent in this Monday night game. This is a game where we expected them to move up and down the field because they playing at home. It's a lot of stuff on the line, and they just couldn't get it together. And we could talk about whether it was the hodgepodge of the scheme, not necessarily matching the personnel, but overall the execution was subpar. And because of that, man, they found another loss, and they are now uh, really trying to figure out how they're going to make a postseason run because the division is out of play. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they're sitting here at 5-5 five and five on the season is, it's, it's a bit of a shock just considering how good they've been over the course of the last couple of years. Although even you, you saw some of the slippage on offense last year too, right? Um, with just some of the turnovers and some of the ways that they could, they could inflict uh, mistakes on themselves. And, and that's kind of where we're at with Josh Allen and the turnovers. I mean, like we're going back to kind of rookie year Josh Allen right now where, you know, he's leading the league in, in turnovers at this point, you know, three again last night. And it, it it just feels like kind of, I mean, like it's almost like a broken record, DJ. Like we've been talking about this Bills offense and every time they lose, we're talking about this offense, turning the football over, looking out of sync, like just not having an identity or a rhythm to the way that they want to attack defenses. And I think that's probably why we saw the change in coordinator today with uh, Sean McDermott firing Ken Dorsey and promoting Joe Brady to the offensive coordinator. So um, maybe that helps get things back on track because it felt like a ship that had certainly kind of lost its bearings out on the open sea here in the AFC East, Deej. 
Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot you guys just hit on. I want to touch on it. Um, yeah. And I'm going to get to Josh just one second. And, you know, Joe Brady taking over this offense. And what does this mean going forward? But I, I want to start the conversation with this. As bad as that was offensively, the turnovers, all of it, they had the drive when they needed it. They had yeah. a chance for this defense to end the football game. They didn't. They get the penalty. They set up the field goal. And even that being said, okay, so the, the offense's failures you guys touched on. The defense has to get a stop. You win the game. The defense failed. They don't get a stop. And then you go to the sideline, and the sideline failed this team. They had 12 guys on the field on a kick that misses, and they walk out of there with a win. But somebody was asleep at the wheel. Now, whoever that responsibility falls on, it, all, it ultimately uh, it comes to the head coach's responsibility. So you can be mad. You can fire coordinators. You can talk about the turnovers. Everybody has had a hand in, in the somewhat demise, if we want to use that word, of the Buffalo Bills this year. Uh, so there's a lot there's a lot of blame to go around. Now, Josh Allen specifically, I went back and, and uh, pulled up all of his interceptions. So you go through these 12 picks. Uh, this is what I saw. There's six of them where he's forcing deep balls. Like he, They're aggressively trying to force the ball down the field, yeah. trying to do too much. As we always say, Buck, on the show, you're trying to eat the sandwich in one bite. Like That's too much. He's late on two of them. Three of them are tips, which I'll take off of his plate, right? You get those are kind of fluky. Yeah, the one in the game. Including one last night. Yeah. Yeah, I went right through Gabe Davis's hands. And then he had one against, I believe, was the Jets, where I just I didn't know how to classify it. I just classified it as a scramble hero throw where he's just, you know, he's trying to make some incredible, incredible play that results in a turnover. But the the issue, the big issue, is the six force deep balls. And Buck, when this yeah. offense was humming. Uh, when they really got rolling and got into a rhythm uh, with Brian Dable, one of the things that stood out was, man, this looks like a different Josh Allen because at Wyoming, everything was deep. Everything was vertical. And then all of a sudden, they're spreading you out, and it was catch, rock, and throw, and he's getting the ball out of his hands, and then they're mixing in the quarterback run with that. It wasn't as vertical. I think this offense has almost gotten too vertical. And when you look yeah. at the receivers that they have, like, who's the – the true vertical receiver, like Gabe Davis, really isn't that guy. Stephon Diggs is underneath it's, it's intermediate. Diggs or bust. You know, he's one of the yeah. best in the league. They don't have they don't have that guy. So you're trying to play a style. You don't have the people to do that. And I'm not so sure that's the best way for Josh to play, anyways. No, there's a couple of different things where you talk about the style of play and the personnel matching. If you want to push the ball down the field, then you got to be a dominant running attack. Because if you're going to be a dominant running tag, then you can get one-on-one outside, eight-man boxes. You take your shots on isolation routes. If you're going to be a team that wants to spread it out and be in the shotgun, then it has to be a little more of the horizontal uh, collegiate-type scheme that we've seen. Screens, RPOs, quick passes, balls designed to get out of the quarterback's hands and into the hands of the playmakers on the perimeter. That's how this team was built, and that's how they played at their best when Brian Dayball was the offensive coordinator. The thing that Joe Brady has to do is he has to sit back and evaluate what was really going well for this offense and how can he put together, I don't know, a little stack of plays that works for this, this team and, and the personnel that's on the perimeter while also extenuating what Josh Allen does well. I don't know if he can fix it all in a couple of weeks, but look, there's seven games left for the Buffalo Bills. They're going to have to win five or six of them to get into the postseason. So he is going to have to get this up and going right away. Well, look, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what what happens here with Joe Brady now jumping in as they push this thing forward here and try to get themselves back into the playoff race. Um, you know, I, I think the the experiment in Carolina with Joe Brady didn't work very well. Um, obviously, you could you can make some 
you know, an argument that they didn't have, you know, all the pieces uh, necessary to make that work. I mean, like think of the pieces he had when he was at LSU in that record breaking year, right? Obviously had the best quarterback uh, in college football and three of the best receivers in college football with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, uh, and then Terrace Marshall. And, you know, it, it just, uh, they were kind of lacking a rhythm and identity in Carolina where they were kind of turning things over week to week and it didn't, didn't end up working out. So, you know, Joe's been there now the last couple of years. He's been able to see it, uh, see what's gone well with Josh Allen and what hasn't necessarily worked with Josh Allen. So maybe he can use some of that experience here to try to find the best course forward for this offense to try to maybe take it down from that vertical uh, attack here a little bit and try to find some of those intermediate windows. Now, I think about Joe Burrow under him at LSU, empty, right? That was the big thing. Five yeah. out, getting five out at all times. Joe Burrow thinking quick, getting the ball out of his hand with those weapons. Now, you know, we'll see what this offense looks like. You mentioned the Carolina experiment. He didn't have Josh Allen, Carolina. Uh, so maybe right. we see more of that LSU style of yeah. how he was able to have that success there. I, I do want to flip it over to the other side of the Broncos here. And, uh, and Buck, I'll kick it over to you on this one. But I give, look, we had fun with Sean Payton earlier in the year. They gave up 70, and it was like, man, you probably shouldn't be talking about Nathaniel Hackett, even if, you know, if we say he's not that great. And, and it was kind of the elephant in the room. It was obvious. And we gave him some grief for that. Sean Payton can coach. Um, he, he's got Russell Wilson. Not only he's got Russell Wilson playing well, he's, he's stumbled back upon the formula, which when you look at it, they, they ran the ball for a 3.2 average, right? So, man, that's not great. But they ran it 38 times. And how many times have I heard Buck, when we've been doing this show for however long, 10-plus years, Buck, and you talk about attempts, not yards, like, to me, their commitment to run the football has set Russell Wilson up to be back to who he was, which is efficient, 24 of 29, a couple touchdowns, he's extending plays, he's playing smart. Um, that's the formula. That's always been the formula for Russell Wilson, and I think he's kind of got back to that under Sean Payton. Look, that's a great observation, DJ. It is the formula, and I think Russell had to kind of relent on the the ideal vision of how he thought he should play versus how he really needs to play. 38 rushing attempts is perfect because then it allows you to utilize the play-action passing game because you have to respect the run. That is when Russell's at his best. Also, keeping him on a pitch count, 30 or fewer passes is kind of the right mix in terms of where Russell Wilson needs to be. So I don't know if he can get back to playing at those high levels that we saw in Seattle, but he certainly can play winning football for this team, utilizing the blueprint that Sean Payton has laid out for him. Yeah, and I think it, you know, it's been impressive and it's been quiet, the work that they've done over the course of the last couple of weeks and really over the course of this season. Obviously, the defense had some struggles early on and they weren't, you know, obviously they weren't winning games, so it's hard to, to paint the, a positive picture for anything that they were doing, even, even offensively. But, you know, it, I mean, you start looking at the cumulative numbers and Russell Wilson stacking right up there. Obviously, there were whispers a couple of weeks ago about, you know, Russell's numbers being better than Patrick Mahomes's. And obviously, this isn't a typical, uh, you know, explosive Chiefs offense that we've seen, you know, this year as it compares to years past. But I think what, what you're seeing now is, is a little bit more of what we saw from the Saints and Drew Brees in those last couple of years. It was, you know, commitment to that run game. Um, you know, and, and taking care of the football above all else and getting rid of those turnovers and finding ways, you know, to, you know, hit some play action and that sort of thing. And I just I've, I feel like they, they've they kind of stumbled upon their rhythm. I don't know if stumbled is the right word, but they've they've definitely discovered a nice rhythm and a nice identity in the way that they want to work. Kind of like the opposite of what we were talking about with the Buffalo Bills, DJ. Yeah, no doubt. They know who they are and they know, you know, yeah. how to get to the winner's circle. They have the path now. They have the 
the map, I guess you could say, uh, of, of how they have to play and how they have to win. The defense has been much better uh, as well. All right, let's, uh, let's change gears here because I want to talk about the first two picks in the NFL draft. And the ones wildly successful, as you're looking at them right here in C.J. Stroud, you see the ranks. Um, he is top five in just about every single category, in turning, including leading in yards per game, uh, touchdown-interception ratio. I mean, he's the best in the league uh, among the 33 qualified quarterbacks. So uh, we're going to get to Stroud in a minute. We'll get to Bryce Young, who has selected one spot ahead of him, who has not had this uh, good fortune early on in his career. But I want to start with Stroud. And, and uh, Buck, I'll tee up on this because over the years, we, we did the uh, – we did the uh, uh, prototype series. Remember, we went through scouting and what you look for at each position, went position by position. Um, and and one of the things when we talked about quarterbacks, I, I mentioned, I always thought poise, accuracy, and decision-making, those are the big three. And then we added on to that after that prototype series, uh, playmaking ability, like can you can you make a play when, when something's not there, off script, off schedule, can you make a play? And then we added uh, toughness and slash leadership. We kind of put those two things together. And those show up on the field as well as off the field. Three to seven scale, which we had uh, for the teams I worked for. Uh, five is average, so four below average, three poor. Six above, above average, seven excellent. So that three to seven scale. Stroud, what we've seen thus far. Poise, accuracy, decision-making, playmaking, leadership, toughness. I don't know how you give him anything other than a seven. As crazy as that yeah. sounds, he's at an excellent level at every key metric. Hey, look, he's been crushing it, and he's been crushing it in a way that uh, many of us didn't expect, you know, for all of the conversation, the negative conversation that came with the evaluation about lack of creativity, didn't utilize his athleticism and 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 mobility until we saw him in the playoff game against Georgia. Uh, he has exceeded everything when it comes to even being a natural passer from the pocket. DJ, his touch, timing, and precision, his his accuracy on these tight window throws, he does it. And the the, the fact that he's doing it with a cast of unheralded no-name playmakers on the outside speaks volumes about how good he is. He is better than I think anybody can imagine. And I think if we press the Houston Texans personnel staff and coaching staff, I think they would say that he's even better than they thought they were getting when they picked him with the second overall pick. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I think they knew they were getting, you know, the draft's most pure passer. And we talked about that, you know, a bunch mm -hmm. on, on path and here on Move the Sticks. And I think that's clear. And they are using his superpowers, which are the accuracy and the ball, pla a ball placement, you know, from you know, the line of scrimmage to 20 yards down the field uh, and more, right? And he has shown that year in and year out. But what they've, what they've also done, I think, is very deliberate, Bucky. You may, you know, you may characterize some of these players as unheralded and under the radar, but what they've done is they've gone over the top to support C.J. Stroud. Just looking at some of the moves, right, in free agency, this is even before they, they ended up with C.J. They went and got Robert Woods. They got Devin Singletary. A couple of veteran players to match up with a young group of promising skill players, right, that are already there and Nico Collins and John Mechie and Damian Pierce at the running back spot. Then they go and they try to fortify the depth up front. They already had two two really good players and, and an elite player in Laramie Tunsil, a good player in Titus Howard that they extended. And then they went and tried to supplement their depth. I think George Fand ended up being one of their better signings. He has locked down that right tackle spot. They went and they drafted Juice Scruggs in the second round to be their starting center. We haven't even seen him this year because he got hurt before the season started, but looked like he was on his way to starting. And by the way, as you know, another one of our themes from yesterday, he had a fantastic Shrine Bowl week uh, in Las Vegas and played really well there. So uh, they ended up catching his eye there, a second round pick. Um, they got another center later in the draft. 
but they, they keep and then how about Dalton Schultz in free agency? Like, look at that model. Yep. Um, they have they have surrounded him with with high quality targets. They went and drafted Tank Dell, drafted Xavier Hutchinson, but um, you know Noah Brown was an under the radar signing. But that group of of pass catchers, Collins, Woods, Mechie, Brown, Dell, Schultz, like he's got some real weapons there, and they're protecting. I think they could still go out and protect him a little bit more this offseason, but but they put some talent around him. That's a great point, uh, and we'll use that point when we get to Bryce Young yeah. here uh, in a moment. But, uh, Buck, I, I want to tap into your knowledge of CJ going back to when he was in high school because I'm going to summarize it here. I, I was hoping you'd give me some examples of this. But when you have young players, a lot of times you have guys who are content with their performance and they're going to be chess beaters and look at what I've done, look at where I am. And there's mm-hmm. others that are growth-obsessed. Like this, it, from listening to your stories about him over the years, like he was this never one that I would use the word content. Always a, a growth mindset, always looking to get better. Yeah, so the best story that I can give you is we were all together at Elite 11. He was on my team at Elite 11. The opening, I had CJ and also had Bryce Young. And one of the things that um, we incorporated Elite 11 at the time was chess. Uh, Seth Mikowski, who's a, a, a renowned chess master, came on board and was teaching all these guys how to play chess and how to kind of do it for mental training. He had worked with Deshaun Watson previously, and so they kind of incorporated that. C.J. Stroud became obsessed with the, the process that went along with the thinking in terms of being a great chess player. And over the course of the weekend, he was able to take some of the techniques that Seth was giving him, not only to apply on the chessboard, but he put it in, in practice when it came to playing the game. And it's 707, so it's not 11 on 11 real football, but it's still mad. And some of it is like really simplifying the thought process in your mind. And Seth has this thing where he talks about threats and attacks. And so on the chessboard, before you make a move, you should always assess where you threaten, but then you want to attack where you're threatened. So if you think about in football, Where's the pressure coming from? Well, I want to throw right behind the blitz because that's where the vacated area is going to be in zone dogs and those things. So if you can think about turning that, what could be a passive mindset into an aggressive mindset, C.J. Stroud has been able to do it. And I think you see it each and every week when he performs in the National Football League. I love that mentality. And just to add on top of that here real quickly, just, you know, talking to folks going back to the draft process, you know, in that Ohio State program and kind of understanding who he was as a practice player, I think is really important too, because, you know, that's where the growth comes, right? Uh, From week to week and from year to year. And he was one of those guys that, you know, had the mastery, right? Especially after the first year in Ryan Day's offense, had the mastery of that system so much so that he would get a little bored like during practice. Like, you know, talk to some folks like he he had the call come in, you know, in practice and he turned around and he kind of give the side eye to Ryan Day like, come on, this again? Like, give me something else. Like, put something else on my plate. I'm ready for more. And it's clear that, you know, he has that relationship now and he's getting, he is exercising, you know, his full uh, his full football IQ with Bobby Slowick as OC. And like, it's clear that they are a, a terrific pairing right now. And he's giving them all, all that CJ can handle. And, and CJ showing him that he's ready for more and more and more each and every week. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, they, they, put a nice group around him. You talk about the protection. You've got some speed. You've got a friendly target yeah. in a tight end. They've got a creative play caller. They put a lot of pieces in place. But, man, the, the majority of the credit goes to, to C.J. Stroud. The work he's put in Definitely. has has clearly paid off and and he's, he's legitimately got a shot to be the MVP as a rookie, which is insane. Uh, i got to go back. I want to say Jim Brown uh, was the last yeah. time some mm-hmm. rookie win the MVP. This is nuts. It, it, even having this conversation is crazy, uh, which is going to make this transition difficult because – Right. Picked one spot ahead of him 
is Bryce Young. And Bryce Young, not only was he taken ahead of him, but the Panthers traded a great deal, including a number one wide receiver and a future one, to go up there and get him. And you look at the numbers. Look, Rhett, I'll go to you on this one. Yeah, um, sure. Adam Thielen has been a nice target for him. You see the numbers on here, 79.2% when he's going to Adam Thielen. Everybody else, it's 57.3. Three touchdowns to Thielen, five touchdowns, seven picks to everybody else. I mean, Adam Thielen's a nice piece, a good player. But, yeah. man, that is uh, – you know, let's start with what's around Bryce, and then we'll get to Bryce. Sure. Yeah, and and I I think by talking about what's around him, you talk about the lack of what's around him, right? And that and that's high quality targets, and that's that's no disrespect to what's there now. It's just they need more, you know. And I think to to expect Jonathan Mingo to come in and be like you know a guy, and maybe even the guy at times, is probably expecting a little too much. And, you know, especially when you have the rookie quarterback to expect that much out of the rookie receiver. Although you make the argument that the Texans have hit gold there with uh, with Tank Dell and with C.J. Stroud on that front. But it hasn't worked out that way here for the Panthers. And so, you know, and, and DJ, I got a little bit of a plan for him. And maybe we can get to that after we kind of assess what we've seen here from uh, Bryce Young. But um, they don't have a ton of draft resources to go out and do and and drastically upgrade this offense, but it's got to be a huge priority, Second, especially with that second, that third round pick, those high draft resources that they do have absent of a first rounder this year. They got to go out and make some noise in free agency. And uh, and, you know, when we come back around to this thing here on how we can solve Bryce, I think what we'll uh, no, I've got a couple a pin in that and think about. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that stands out to me, and DJ, we've had this conversation, where you've been including this. Um, yeah. I'm a firm believer that when you have a young quarterback, you need to surround him with a veteran wide receiver. When you look at the growth that has happened with a lot of our young guys, it's been they've been paired with older receivers. Think about Josh Allen, how his game exploded when Stephon Diggs came over. I mean, I could talk about Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram and on and on and on. For Bryce Young, there's a comfort level that he has with Adam Thielen because he could depend on Adam Thielen to be at the spot that he's counting on to be. And so that reliability leads to confidence in terms of letting the ball go and trusting him. They don't have enough of those veterans, those high-end veterans around Bryce Young to really allow him to grow into the position. And so as we eventually talk about what they need to do, I think the number one thing they need to look at is like, it's great to have young receivers, but young receivers are also trying to figure out how to play the game. They need to have some veterans at those playmaking spots that already know how to play the game so they can make the game easy for the young quarterback. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get to that here. I want to I first talk about Bryce and what he can do yeah. better, okay? When you watch them, things stand out. Pass protection's not great, okay? Uh, you, can get, you can freeze it at the top of the drop. There is very little separation. They have nothing vertical. They don't have the speed to get on top. Um, so those things jump out to you. When, they, when he does get the ball in their hands, like you'll see him throw smokes or bubbles. There's, there's nothing after the catch. So you don't have any of those things working in your favor. And because of that, they're, they're, you look at the defense that they play, that they play every week, they're playing flat-footed and they drive on everything. We use the term half-court basketball. That's what he's facing every week. His average depth of target is 6.7 yards. Guys that have yeah. thrown more than 100 passes, that's 35 out of 36. Only Tyson Bajit is throwing the ball shorter. So there's no threat down the field. Everybody's squatting and driving on everything. That's That's making his life hard. Now, Things he can do to help. At times, I, I think it's maybe a, a a little bit of a factor of who he played with and where he's played with with superior talent in high school and in college. He's waiting for guys to kind of get college open 
there's times where he's staring. I'm like, dude, just just let it rip. I mean, you've got this much separation. In the NFL, that's open. You've got to let that one yeah. throw. And he's waiting for guys to really get open, that college open, which is not going to happen, especially with this group. So he's got to get better with identifying NFL open, getting the ball out of his hands. Now, we're going to kind of change and get to uh, what they can do to kind of help him going forward. If yeah. I was going to you know, start, I would say you're looking at a, a veteran. Buck talks about a veteran. To me, that's the tight end. Get him, get him a stud veteran tight end. They've got tight ends that are okay. There's nobody that moves the needle there. Mm-hmm. They need speed. I don't care if that speed is young speed, veteran speed, any kind of speed. They need some speed on the outside. They need to upgrade this offensive yep. line. And Rhett, to me, when I yep. look at it, you talk about the lack of resources. This is, this is I, I don't want to say, you know, people say, oh, you don't throw uh, good money after bad. Don't get rid of the good players you do have. I am. When, it, when you've committed like this to go up and get Bryce Young, and you have no talent around him on offense, and you have no first-round pick. I'm sorry. I love some of these defensive pieces, starting with Brian Burns, but I'm taking phone calls on everybody, yeah. and I'm moving my assets from the defense over to the offense. I'm getting as many picks and players as I can. Apologies to the defensive coordinator, but we can't even evaluate this dude right now. So we don't even know what we have, and we don't have picks. We don't have resources. So sorry. We're going to have to take some of these better defensive players, including one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, Brian Burns, and you're going to have to turn that into picks and players to help this offense because if Bryce Young goes down, this whole ship is going down. So you better figure out a way to help him out. That's where the offseason is going to take them. Let's start right there then with Brian Burns and let's identify a potential trade option right there. Now, here's the tricky part. I, I I think one of my favorites comes within the division. We talked about the need for a tight end. Well, the Atlanta Falcons are bottom third right now in pressure percentage. Is there a tight end that they have that is kind of seldom used but has, you know, <laughs> ridiculous traits? Brian Burns for Kyle Pitts, maybe there's some draft, you know, some draft capital that has to be involved there some way on on one side. But I'm telling you right now, you would talk about, you know, a, a quick way to upgrade the targets for Bryce Young. Kyle Pitts would certainly represent that. And if you're following the C.J. Stroud model, look what Dalton Schultz has done for, for C.J. Stroud, too. Okay, so they went out and they committed some big-time resources to go out and, and put uh, Dalton Schultz into play for C.J. Um, and now the Carolina Panthers have the potential to do that. So they still need a big-time player on the outside, right? So just kind of looking at 2024 free agents, I think the Panthers are going to be somewhere around $40 million in cap room. They've got some cash there for sure. Uh, you're going to have to overpay for one of these top wide receivers. I and mean, that's just the nature of, uh, you know, doing business in free agency. I, look, I don't know that Michael Pittman is is going to leave Indianapolis. I imagine they're going to try to keep him. Feels like a steady, reliable target. I don't know if he solves that kind of need to get separation and, you know, and find a way to get on top of the defense. But do you think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be able to re-sign T. Higgins? Uh, is that somebody that you might try to go ahead and wave a bunch of money at to go and bring over and show that he could be a, a number one wide receiver when Jamar Chase has been out? Feels like a guy that that I would want to go take a look at there. And then maybe a little bit further down the line, you know, um, you know Gabe Davis uh, is going to be a free agent next year. Um, do the Bills, you know, if the Bills can't re-sign him. Is that someone you could target? Uh, you know, and then Marquise Brown, if you want to talk about speed, you know, I know he's kind of well-traveled by now, but certainly a guy that can get up and down the field and, and take a top off a of defense. So a uh, couple of of target ideas right there, Bucky. What do you think? Oh, yeah, no, the perimeter pieces are certainly uh, going to be, they need to be upgraded. But before we get to throwing it outside, we got to fix this offensive line. 
Because if they can't keep him protected, no then he is never going to be able to keep his eyes down the field. And so we're talking about beefing up this offensive line and being able to run the football. I know you have Miles Sanders that you brought over, but until they're able to get some push at the line of scrimmage and kind of play bully ball at a point of attack, it's going to be hard for Bryce Young because this team is always in long yardage situation. He's always playing against pass rushers that are lined up in track stances because they know they can ignore the run and come after him. Until they're able to balance out this offense with the running game being a bigger part of it, it's going to be hard for Bryce Young. So, yes, we got to get the perimeter in place, but we got to make sure that the, the interior, the pocket is protected so that he can be comfortable and feel good about, hey, I'm going to be able to throw on these mixed downs as opposed to these obvious passing downs that he's been thrust in right now. Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, they're going to have to have an aggressive plan uh, for what they want to yeah. do going into the offseason. So, you know, we'll see what it looks like. But to me, it's resources are all going to the offense. Apologies to the defense. We'll try and get that figured out down the road. But uh, you've got to at least have a chance to evaluate Bryce Young. So, again, still half the season left. Maybe we start seeing some strides with this group around him. Maybe he starts uh, taking some strides. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, but this is the kind of conversation we're going to have as we get towards the draft, as we get towards the spring. Uh, so just a little teaser for you right there. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? 
Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, it's time for our uh, our rookie draft here, which I got to say, I'm a little bit disappointed uh, to see Rhett closing the gap like he is. He had five points this week because of Tank Dell getting him a win. And then Steve <laughs> three straight uh, weeks Bryce, uh, of winning. Bijan Robinson. Yeah, he's done well, but he's done, he deserves it. Uh, Buck got the three points from Stroud. I got the three points from Gibbs as well as a point from Kincaid. So uh, Rhett is only one point behind me. Bucky, we can't allow this to happen here. Um, we both it's winning time. This is what I do. This is what I do in November. Okay? It's winning time. It's a marathon, not a sprint. He's using up all his gas yeah. right now. He'll fade at the end. He'll go back to being who he is. Yeah, like, well, we're fine. Let, let's let him screw it up. Let's let him screw it up. <laughs> Rhett, you're up. You get the first pick. You're on a roll. See if you well, going here. Who do you got? Pretty easy to not screw this one up. Give me not only the reality MVP of the league, but the fantasy MVP here on Move the Sticks. <laughs> CJ Stroud, easiest number one pick I've ever made. Let's go, baby. Yeah, he is rocking and rolling. Uh, I think that was yeah. a no doubter. I think I'm going to break. I, I don't know if this I is know. new, but I don't know. Have we, have we had a running back go over Bijan Robinson in the draft yet this year? He's on buy this week. After seeing Gibbs, he's on a buy. So yeah, someone after seeing Gibbs in person behind that offensive line, and and they actually give him the rock, and they play the Bears, I believe, this week. Right? Do we have Lions Bears? Yes, we Uh, do. do. Lions at home against the Bears. They'll be protecting a lead, and he'll be touching the rock. So I'm give me Jameer Gibbs. I like it. All right, Bucky, two in a row. Go ahead, Bucky. You got two. Yeah, he's been he's been he's been terrific. So. Uh, look, I'm going to have to grab a quarterback, and there's only a handful of rookie quarterbacks that are playing. Uh, let's go with, let's see if we can fix, not Bryce Young. Let's go with Aiden O'Connell from the Raiders. We're going to take him Ooh. up here, and then I'm going to first one with Zay Flowers because Zay Flowers is playing on Thursday. Let's do it with that. Okay. All right. Aiden, All right. I like Zay, that. back I'm to you, go, uh, Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let uh, Rhett have the luxury of watching the connection between Stroud no! and Tank Dell. I'm not doing that. No! Take Tank Dell here with this pick. Golly, <laughs> come on, man. Uh, what do you got? Right. What do you got here, Rhett? Yeah, I got back to backs here, I think. So, um, so I'm gonna go, you know, Dalton Kincaid's really been coming on. And I think one more catch and he would have actually gotten a win, uh, over Tank this past week, or, um, was it the other way around. I don't know, one way or the other. Uh, I'm going Dalton Kincaid, uh, as my uh, <laughs> tight end. Uh, slash receiver this week. I, I was thinking about Jordan Addison, but man, with with Josh Dobbs and a connection that he has found with T.J. Hawkinson, I don't know if there's any, and, and maybe Justin Jefferson on his way back. I don't know if there's any room in the end uh, for uh, Jordan Addison in that uh, offense right now. So I'm going Dalton Kincaid, which means I also need to find my running back uh, this week. And man, this is tough, mm. but I think what I'm going to do is after watching uh, the Seattle Seahawks this week, I think I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Charbonnet mm-hmm. out in Seattle. Oh, Charbonnet? Oh, Charbonnet. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, sometimes I like a nice chilled Charbonnet um, on my NFL Sunday. Oh, there so you go. Give it to me. Uh, Lock it up. Wow. Options uh, I uh, don't love my options here for the quarterback. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Uh, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I want to torture Bucky a little bit. Um, so I'm going to go Levis 
against his Jaguars. So you can see it in person as uh, as Levis oh, baby. gets it rolling a little okay. bit. Although I don't, confidence level very low, very, very low on this one. But uh, that's what I got. Okay. Man, I hate to be so dependent on the Baltimore Ravens to think about the running back, but the guy has touchdowns in back-to-back games and Keaton Mitchell. Keaton. So maybe I'll just go with Keaton, Keaton. Mitchell and hope that he can put some, that's a good one. put some points on the board. That's a good one. That is a good one. I'm hoping right, Charbonnet solid. can get that's a goal solid. on carry. Yeah. Oh man, I need the uh, I need Bucky. I need one of us to bounce back. It, Rhett, Rhett's on this climb right now. He's going to be in first I mean, place next week. I, I mean, look, he's all he's all Houston Texans. He's like he's like fine. all Houston Texans. With, like I'm, he's been throwing. I, I want winners. Casting his lot with the Texans. <laughs> he's casting his lot with the Texans. Got to break that up. Oh, it's unbelievable. All right, uh, a big week though. We'll see how these rookies yeah. perform. I feel. Uh, confidence meter. I'll put my confidence meter, guys, at uh, 60%. 60% confidence meter. Uh, we'll see how this all pays out. All right, that's it. That's going to do it for today. Uh, fun episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we have. We will be back tomorrow. Brand new episode again, five days a week. We've got you covered right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 